Hey guys, welcome to Overcrest. I'm Chris. And I'm Jake. Got a fun episode for you guys today. We've got a little bit of uh, sound talk again. We're going to talk a little bit of some sounds. We got some old school truck driver stuff to talk about. Maybe a little Harley, maybe a little Pete yeah. Buttigieg. All kinds of fun <laughs> lined we are up chocked full for of news. you guys. But before we get started, I want to remind everybody to head over to patreon.com slash Overcrest. You can join the Overcrest Drivers Club. That's and right. we are currently... Looking for an artist to work with us. Oh, I thought on, you were going to say we're currently taking applications for new drivers. No, no, that's well, that's pretty soon. Once the rally's gone, the rally stuff opens June first. So if you're looking to come on the rally with us and uh, go and explore with us, that opens on June first. But I'm looking. If anybody's an artist out there wants to maybe submit a design to uh, the Overcrest Drivers Club, I would love to see what you guys can put together. Especially our Patreon members. If there's anybody out there that would like help. Would like to help us design a new shirt, and yes. uh, for our for our Patreon members, that would be awesome. Uh, you can support the show. We're actually going to record an exclusive episode after this episode. That's right. So we're going to have a new one of those up. That's going to be up. Uh, you know, I might make everybody wait a little bit because we gave. How every- long are we going to wait? Maybe Sunday. Maybe Sunday we'll give that away. Saturday? Mm-hmm. You want it to go Saturday? Saturday. 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 <laughs> Saturday. The uh, the Patreon episode, the Drivers Club episode, will be live. Patreon.com slash Overcrest. Support the show. We would really, really appreciate it. So, Jake. Yes. I saw you were working on your Harley. I saw that you. you <laughs> yes. Let's tap. Yeah, I'm back in I'm, the reassembly stage. Yeah, I would like to tap into your knowledge yes. a little bit yes. if we could. Well, my tap tapped out. Okay. <laughs> yep. What have you got on tap about this? <laughs> Everybody just deleted uh, the podcast. They're done. Unsubscribe. <laughs> So I have my hardtail kit welded up on the frame, and so I'm back in reassembly stage for Which the bike. I'm assuming it will take like seven minutes. Um, yes, but there's also little tweaks and things I, I have to make. Spray painting it. How come you didn't powder coat the frame? Because I don't want to go send it out for powder coat. What do you mean send out? You could just take it somewhere locally and have them powder coat it for you. Yes, Why don't- all the powder coating shops in Woodbury. Come on, dude. You can drive from one side of the city to the other side. This is in L.A. where everything takes three hours to get to somewhere. I know. I probably should have. You should have. You should. Here's what you should do. I know it's what kind of a I pain. Do? What's that? There's a nice place. Uh-huh. Not a sponsor or anything. Marco Sandblasting. Okay. They do a great job. It probably cost you 50 bucks, I bet. Maybe not even that. Yeah, it probably would be cheap. One too. Really cheap. They can sandblast it down. It'll be bare metal. You can take it somewhere. Uh I'm sure there's a there's a zillion powder coating yeah. dudes around. Here's here's Just my plan. I did think about that. My plan is once I get it back together and riding and to make sure I don't need to do any more tweaks or like weld a tab here or there for yeah. whatnot, maybe I will do a full disassembly over the winter and have it done there you go. right. There you go. That's a good way to look at it. Because you're gonna be I do actually the- have I know for a fact that there are two more tabs I need to weld on. You just don't know where for the exhaust mount. Yeah. I need to have it assembled in order to put those somewhere. Sure. So I painted it in order to get the engine and everything mostly put on there. Right. And then I'm going to kind of like grind off right where I need you to put those on. should have just left it bare metal for now and had it I been know. kind of like if a... I kind of thought that too, yeah. but then it'll surface rust and oxidize. Yeah, exactly. And... That's awesome. And then you just have it sandblasted anyway. Could have been True. kind of like a little... True. Well, you can always strip the paint off just with a little lacquer thinner, just wipe it off like I did with my Vespa for <laughs> 76 hours. I'm not going to be doing that. No. no. Did, I, oh, did I tell you I finally got paint that matched? Does it match? It does match pretty, pretty, now, pretty well. Now, you didn't do what I told you to do, which is put down like some black primer first and then put down this paint matched off-white and then kind of like nick it up to match the patina of the rest of the bike. I don't know how you nick it up, though. What do you do to nick it up? I don't know. Use a knife and throw gravel at it and... 
Like throw it in the washing machine with a bunch of money. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> no, no, we're not. We're not doing that. But I, what I think I'm going to do is I think we're going to bring it and store it here at the studio. Yeah, because I just don't want to ride it. I know you don't. I don't. I, I just don't. Maybe around the city. Once it's here, maybe we can have like a little. Ooh, yeah. You know, just go zip around the little city. Two wheel deal. I know a lot of the. I know some of the dudes that are really into the scooter scene. Maybe we could have like an overcrest scooter party or something, and and do like that. A, could be fun. Could be really so, really fun. I hey, what happened to that Vespa you were looking at last week? I haven't called yet. <laughs> Why? I don't know. If you're not going to call, let me call. No, I'm, I'm going to really, call. Oh, you, this is the last chance. If you don't call, okay. by the end of the week, I'm going to pressure all of our listeners for you to give me the phone number. Okay. Deal? <laughs> Deal. Okay. Very good. All right. I better make on. a note to actually call tomorrow. So tell me, tell me uh, the tap thing. What oh, happened? Oh, yeah. There? How we're tapped out. Okay. So I got the hardtail assembled, and the chain tensioner assembly is different on the factory swing arm. As so I'm imagining is, chain tension. I'm thinking in terms of like a BMX bike where the we- rear wheel just slides back correct. and forth. Yep, is that what you do? It's basically an axle tensioner. So it moves the entire rear wheel and axle back in how, order to ch- tension the chain. So is how do you make sure that the wheel stays straight and it doesn't push it one in either direction a little just bit more? do them the same so it's, amount. So it's one on both sides. Yes, okay, one on both gotcha. sides. Exactly. And so normally there are basically these screw type bolt situations where yep. it's backs it out but with the hardtail kit it didn't have a provision for those and so i'm trying to figure out how do you do this and i even called the manufacturer that makes this kit and they go oh well if you looked on the website we have these different type of tensioners right there yeah it's like, oh duh so they're called you know what? snail some people shell like to do. what some people just like to talk to a guy i agree you know, it was some nice. people just like to talk to a guy that guy obviously didn't want to talk to you well it was on chat it's oh. just website chat. Well, that's even worse. You're already on the I'm website. I'm on the website, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I actually, no, it wasn't him telling me. I scrolled down and saw it, and I go, oh, I'm an idiot and waste your time. I oh. bet I should do these. He but goes, still, yep, that's what we recommend. I really like when you can just call a guy. Agreed. You know, and like it when is I was very talking nice. to- Especially this stuff is all made in America. It's just like my spark plug wire guy. When I, yep. when I ordered the spark plugs from Pelican Parts, and they were wrong. Right. And I got them back in the mail. Well, by the way, that was my, I did do a bunch of work on my car. We can talk about that in a little bit, but I got them back and they were wrong. So the first thing I did is call up the guy whose name was on the box. Yeah. His name was Cluett, spelled almost just like my name. So I have Cluett wires on my car too. Yep. So the guy was awesome. Super yeah. nice dude. I was like, oh, Does ha- he only do uh, like air-cooled Porsche wires? I'm not sure. Well, I'm sure they would work for many other things. I'm sure you could get you know, you could go to their website, Cluet Engineering, or it's C-L-E-W-E-T-T. They're cool dudes, and they just, huh. the quality of the plug wires is phenomenal. Yeah. They're really, really nice. Um, but I didn't have, just like, we're just going a million different directions <laughs> right now. But I didn't have a way to, uh, this is really neat. I didn't have a way to hold the spark plug wires anywhere. Right. Because they're eight millimeters. Yes. And normal plug wires are six or seven millimeters. I know. Millimeters. This bugs me. This is, You have the same problem. Same exact problem. Uh, Brian from Octoncraft, which is one of the uh, Milwaukee Porsche guys. They do yes. a lot of events. They're the one doing the Ruchelos rally that I'm going on in a few weeks, assuming I can get my card on. He's like, hey, dude, I think we can come up with a solution. So there's what it is, is there's like a little rubber thing yeah. uh, that basically clips into the the heat sh- or the, the fan shroud. Fiberglass fan shroud has a hole in it. Yeah, And, and this, then there's a rubber grommet that pushes through that. And then your spark plug wires run through the rubber pieces that stick out Correct. of the rubber grommet. And this goes on the fan shroud, which is what basically directs all the air on an air-cooled engine through the engine towards the ground over the motor to keep things cool. Right. And it's what the spark plug wires go on. I don't know. I just, it doesn't work. It looks like dog shit. So he's like, hey, I think I can come up with a solution. That day, CNC machined a part that works. <laughs> I don't have it in my hand yet, but he showed me. He's like, he put it on his, it's, 
it's awesome. It's got like a little expansion screw. You push it in, it, screw, it like oh, really? balloons out like yeah. in, inside for the grommet, and it's the pl- plug wires are gonna right through it. It's aluminum. Is he making me one? I'm sure they're gonna sell them because this is something any guy with any other wires. Because here's the deal: all of the uh, OEM yeah. spark plug wire sets now are known to suck. Oh, really? They're just not good. So you got to get some sort of aftermarket plug wire huh. set. And they're all eight millimeters. So no one's, everybody's got their spark plug wires lying all over the place. <laughs> so if you're one of those guys, Octoncraft on uh, social media, on, they'll, they'll get you dialed in. I can't wait to get these things. I'm going to get a couple, get all my spark plug wires dialed in. Also, how many speed holes are going to be in them? Uh, as far as I can tell, I don't see any speed holes. That's good. So we don't see any, 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 any speed holes on, on that. So I started to do my, I'm like, okay. My engine harness, I got my engine harness the other day. Yeah. And but before I got that, I wanted to go, hey, I have other things to do. I my I ripped the sway bar mount right off my That's car. right. Yes, it was I remember the, this. You on never the rally you last basically year. haven't had a sway bar in last year. Yeah. It, well, I it was clicking. I heard like a kunk, 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 kunk. Yeah. And in my head, I'm like, oh man, is my like torsion tube oil canning, which is like a problem on some of the like some of the cars where the torsion tube in the middle where it meets the yeah. the the center longitudinal all the way to the front of the car, you can have some oil canning in there. What and is oil canning? Like, think of like a... I've um, never you heard of that as, okay, a, as let me, a verb. Let me th- put it a different way. It was Snapple capping. Does that help you? Or <laughs> yes, like the Snapple cap? Like, yeah. That does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where it's like... Ding, 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 yeah, okay. yeah, was, I didn't do know that. that was a thing. And I thought that was it. I'm like, well, I hope that's not it. Because it's one of those things that race cars have a bunch of extra bracing to keep uh. from happening. And I'm like, I don't have like... Crazy sway bars or torsion bars. I'm like, or that much grip. Eventually went, and and then I just heard all this scraping as my sway bar was laying on the ground. It it ripped the 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 captive nuts right out of it. Just just pulled right out because the metal's too thin. So I ordered a new one Mm -hmm. and I drilled out all the spot welds (laughs) after Mm -hmm. looking for my spot weld bit for like. 250 years, drove all the way to Harbor Freight to buy ones that are horrible, <laughs> drove all the way back home, and then found mine. Also, here's how disorganized I am. Oh, I was going through all my drawers in my like my little hardware drawers where yeah. there's nails and screws and little yes. electrical and none doodads. of them were organized. No, not at all. Uh, we're in a process of organization, but we it's it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a slow it's, process. It's kind of like you know how some politicians it's an organization campaigns. <laughs> some people are like, oh, the Constitution is a living document. My organization is a living document. It's, gotcha. it's always in flux. <clears throat> I open up one of the drawers because I'm looking for this thing. What did I find in there? What three hundred dollars? What <laughs> just cash? Three hundred dollars in cash. I must have sold something. I don't know what it is. Why would you put the cash there? Because I probably was just going somewhere, and I I don't. You know like- what it was? It's like you sold something, and someone goes, "Oh, do you have this bolt for this?" And you go, "Oh, I do." And so you went to grab the bolt no. for the thing that they were missing, and you put the cash there. No, I probably just was like, "Oh, I don't want this lying around, so uh-huh. I'll put it in the safe place in this in this and- drawer. I will never <laughs> open again." And it was in, in there years. With, it was in there with Brad nails. <laughs> I don't know, man. But I found the 300 bucks. And by the time uh, my wife saw social media about the $300, the money was gone. Like I got back out from under the car, went back over there. The money was was completely disappeared. I love that. It was, it was completely disappeared. Anyway, so I got the the old mount all drilled off. Right. And I was, it's awkward, right? You're under on the floor. And it's too bad you don't know someone that I, has a hoist. I Man, a hoist would have been nice for this one. It because, is. Because my axles were still in the car, so every time I would sit up, I would get smashed in the face with a greasy axle. Yeah. Oh, man. Being on the ground without a hoist is, it builds character. 
Okay. For sure. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> That's a nice way of putting it. So I'm in there like drilling, it. trying to fit the drill in there oh. to drill it out on the ground. I'm like bracing my and elbow right on next my to chest. Your head just oh, going. Yeah. Yep, yep. And there's like little flex of, I had a face shield on, but there's little flex of metal going all over yep. the place and sticking into my arms and everything else. And then uh, <laughs> I ground it off with a little die grinder because I couldn't get the big grinder in there. So I'm like, this Have little bitty ever, grinder. So you used a wire wheel on this, I saw. Have you yes. ever had one of the strands of wire? Like stick oh yeah into you. Yes, that happens last, quite often with the ones from Harbor Freight. Well, last week I was like sitting on the couch and I was like itching my leg. And I was like, ouch, what is that? And I look, there's a giant strand of wire, but it was like buried in my leg yeah. to the point where I had to pull it out like yes. an inch. I did it with my thumb once. I don't know how when that happened or how long it's been in there. I got one that flew off and went into my thumb, like horizontally yeah. into my yeah. thumb. <laughs> Yeah. And you're pulling it. It was in at least like a quarter of an I inch. I know. I was like, Mick, p- pull this. And she's like, yeah. It just oh, kept coming. That's basically surgery. Did you pay her for her work? I did not monetarily. Um, so anyway, I went to put the, the other sway bar bracket back on. Yeah. I'm like, all right. I think this goes right here because there's kind of a, a raised section that Well, and it's right off. where the old one came off. Yeah. Of. And you, you can, can see. see where it would go. So I held it up there. I'm like, I could just weld this on. And I go... I better put the sway bar sway bar on, bolt it up to the other side, swing it up there, and put a magnet Position on it. it. That sure is why a- you are a better man than me. Because <laughs> so I, I would have been just buzzing right along with that welder. I did all that and then tried to put the bracket on, and it's the wrong bracket. Yes. It's the wrong sway bar bracket. The U the U clamp that holds the sway bar to the bracket doesn't fit. It's a half inch. So my bracket that came in the mail uh-huh. is wrong even though i ordered the right one i got the wrong one ah. it's for like a like a any other car. A later car yeah later car everything else it would have been fine me not so much so i got a new one coming got the i was gonna work on the car yesterday i gotta put basically it's it's all home free once i get this bracket in the mail yeah i have to put the put the engine harness on take the motor off the stand put it on the on the cart mm-hmm. and then i have to put the trans or the clutch on and I got. Did you get a new clutch? I did. I got a new clutch, a new Sack Sport clutch. It's, okay. it's an older one though. I got it from uh, from one of my friends so on, it's a on used Instagram. Clutch? It is. An, it's an old version. It's new, but it's the old version. It doesn't have all the little slots in it. Okay. You know that clutches have. They have the little. Yeah. This doesn't have that, so it's got a little bit more gripping force. I believe it's a much. It's an older version of the Sack Sport clutch with the light and flywheel, everything else. So I got pretty good deal on that. So I bought that and returned the other one that I bought, which is new and from rock auto which probably means it's counterfeit who knows it was cheap so anyway that's all got to go together and then the motor can go back in the car Uh it's probably were you jealous seeing me drive my car today uh no honestly no that didn't occur to me i I just see your car and go i like that car yeah i can't believe that car too i can't believe you would sell that i don't think i'm going to (laughs) good boy after after you're the one that was saying yeah you should sell that yeah why don't you sell that that's a basket case it is my basket case, Chris. I like that. I like that very much. One thing I noticed about your car is how much smaller it is than my M5. Yeah. My M5 is basically an Everything 18. is a massive tank compared to a little it's old 911. It's basically the size of a Mark II GTI. If yeah. You really th- a Mark sure. I is smaller, but a Mark II GTI or Jetta or something, mm-hmm. it's small. Small car. Low. Anyway, yeah. I'm glad you're keeping it. However- What's that? I would like to see the car evolve. It yeah, it's constantly evolving. I just put no, it's new... constantly breaking, and then you're fixing it. That's not that, evolution. That's maintenance. Sure it is. Well, it does <laughs> when you're putting different parts on. That's an evolution. That's like say, that's like me saying I'm I'm becoming more organized because I'm constantly cleaning my disaster, my garage. That's not evolution. That's maintenance. 
well, no, that's just not true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I would, I would love to see... I would like. To, I think you would really enjoy building one of those engines because they're really I, interesting. Yeah, I would, and they're really unique. I think it would be great if we could find you a. I don't know. I saw a three liter on Pelican or something for sale. I think a three liter would be great. I would stay away from anything magnesium because it's then you got to send all this stuff out. It's got to go to a guy, and it, yeah, you don't want any of that. Just get no. an aluminum case. Three liter. I just do not like the prices of these things. What are they? Here, 10, 10 grand. Yeah, it's just <laughs> I'm talking these things being any old Porsche thing. What's your engine worth? I don't know. I here's here was going to be my point though. I still had so much fun driving this thing over here. Mm -hmm. It's not fast. It's never going to be a fast car, Chris. My car's fast. It's fast, but <laughs> my car is fast. Your car is pretty fast. <laughs> I mean, it's fast. My car is not quick anymore, especially with these cams when it's almost 300 horsepower and 2,100 pounds. That's it, fast. It is a fast car. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't, I suppose I could spend a bunch of money. It would only cost you around fast. 20 or $30,000. <laughs> like I've always said, the worst return on horsepower a dollar I have yeah, ever, no. ever I, That's spent. why it's just not worth just it to me. put a Honda motor in it. There you go. Yeah, put K24, a K24 swap it. K24 <laughs> oh, swap. Yeah, I would love swap that. It. So anyway, I could have the car back and running probably in a weekend. Yeah. I would like to get it done for the Ruchelos rally to go with the Octancraft guys and all the Wisconsin folks out to the East Coast. Yep. If anybody's going to be out there, let me know. I'd love to hear from you. And uh, maybe we can hang out on the way there, on the way back. I don't know. I'm probably going to, afterward, I'm going to drive to Annapolis in Baltimore, D.C., Alexander, Virginia area, which is only about five hours away from where the rally is. Oh. So if anybody's hanging out in Annapolis or Baltimore or That'd be anything cool. like that, look me up. Maybe we can get dinner or something. That would be super kick-ass. All right, Very let's cool. get into a... You know, you realize you asked me about my tap thing like three times oh, yes, and never yes. let me get to it. So remember when I started writing all the show notes for this? I'm like, we don't have enough to talk about. I don't know that we're going to be able <laughs> to do And then we have to work on it for another yeah, we hour. Like, we got like two, uh, two weeks. Long story short, I had to tap a piece of the frame. I would like you to tell me that you did it wrong. Can we? I didn't do it wrong. Yes, you did. Why? Because you did not oil the tap. Yeah, but the first one went fine, Chris. <laughs> but you should have oiled that one, too. And you know one of the best reasons for oiling them is? All the shards stick to the tap. Yeah. And you don't get shards all over the place. True. You gotta oil the tap whenever you're tapping You know tapping what the real things. issue was? Or drilling out metal, steel, any of that stuff. It's nice to I put know. Little, I, well, little I learned, gear I learned, I learned my lesson. Okay. Let's just... But the real problem, I looked this up. So these, uh, these snail shell chain tensioners they're called okay they came with the bolts that go into the frame and this is the same manufacturer that made the frame yes and they had drills all, or holes already drilled out in the frame yes set to go so i assumed this hardware is set to go for this and they say in the instructions use a 5 16th 18th uh tap and just tap that hole out but when i looked on my tapping chart and measured the hole, it's actually a 16th too small for that tap. Ah, uh, so they gave you incorrect information. Correct. And then you went back on the chat and was like, hey, guys. <laughs> yeah. No, I haven't. No, you haven't done that. Yet. I haven't done that. It might be worth telling them, hey, if FYI. you can do it nicely, FYI, and I broke a tap. It's So did you get it out? No, I ordered this tool, so I posted this on Instagram, and I'm like, I don't know what to do. I was going to weld. So you flush the, the tap it broke off. It is flush on both sides of yeah. the frame. It yeah, it's bad news bears. I tried and tapping it. I no. spent hours on this You're thing. not using an easy out on that. There's no, no nothing. You can't drill it, but well, I tried. Weld. So my, my, my solution, if this doesn't work, is to weld a nut onto it. Yeah. Like just well, pull the nut full of weld, and then you can use a wrench and wrench it out. That's what I would do anyway, because... It's not the weld's not going to stick very well to the frame because exactly. it's all painted. But they make a tool for just this. They make a broken tap extractor tool. Well, I was like trying new tools. Yeah, so, so I bought a tool and it'll be here this weekend. All right. Well, we'll see how that goes. I'm interested to see if you 
you're, break the tool break off the as tool. well. <laughs> yeah, and then the welder will come there out. Okay, so as you know, we had a pipeline hack. I know about this, but I haven't actually heard the story. So, so tell me what actually happened. I don't remember the name of the pipeline. Great. We're super great at news. The, uh, <laughs> the, it's a, basically a pipeline that runs from Texas all the way up to like by it's Delaware. The Colonial. The Colonial. Yeah. So this pipeline supplies like 50% of the oil and gasoline. I should say gasoline for the East Coast. Okay. It was shut down for like a week. It's back running now, I believe. I believe it it's okay. back running now. But here's what I don't understand. I thought it was like, oh, there was a big like blockage or cracked or it exploded or something. Nothing that easy. What happened okay. was, is there's some idiot has the computer that runs all of their systems connected <laughs> to the internet. <laughs> Which when you when I think of this, I go, okay, we have critical this is I would consider this critical infrastructure. Correct. I would too. I mean, what doesn't uh, need petroleum and gas? Teslas. Yeah, but I'm talking like I know. bring your groceries. Know. They bring uh, all the goods and services, ambulances, fire trucks, everything. <laughs> you know it was some old computer too. Oh, I'm sure it was like an Apple IIe. Or something. <laughs> I mean, what, so what happened was there was an Eastern European or Russian company, we, nobody really knows, it's kind of anonymous, who knows, that uh, hacked them. Okay. And said, hey, if you don't pay us $5 million, we're just going to fuck your shit up, right? And it'll never, ever work again. Here's what I don't understand, though. It, what does the computer run? Windows. Probably Windows 95. No, no, no. I mean, what is this computer doing for the oh, actual sure method monitoring, of pumping fuel? This is not just one straight pipeline, okay? It's this, a single pipeline with a big pump on the end, and you just plug in the pump to the wall, and, and you're good to go. Yeah, That's how you fix there's it. There's all kinds of valves and, and junctions and all this stuff, all monitored by computer, right? Unplug the computer and plug a new one in. Yeah, plug it back in again. <laughs> Otherwise, you'd have like 76,000 dudes, leathernecks, with running like little wheels to open and close valves, right, all over the place. Just I, like, yeah, that's yeah, obviously what's going on. It, it would be a lot better because the ransomware would be a lot harder because those dudes are badass. Yeah, they are. They're are not paying your oh, shit. No, they are not. <laughs> okay, so basically what happened was they they were trying to figure out. Now we know. Okay. They paid the ransom. Yes. They, they paid it. They paid the ransom. Well, because from they the were trying to tell us they weren't. Oh, really? They were trying to tell okay. us, oh, no, we're we trying would, to figure we this out. Never. We unplugged the computer. We're going to try and reboot it. <laughs> no, they paid it. They paid it, and it took that long for the thing to get up and running again. It's just, it's such a slow momentum okay. process to get the pipeline going again. I'm not surprised they paid it when you look at the cost versus benefit. Um, I'm surprised that they, well, here's the thing. It was only $5 million. Okay. In the grand, grand scheme of things for these guys, that's like. It's not about the, so here, oh, talk about being emboldened. Right, because right? now everyone's going to hack this. I you know, this isn't a this is not a political statement, but I don't like how the Biden administration handled this. Okay, their response was it's a private company; yeah. they can do what they want. But I don't feel like that's how things should necessarily work. Like if someone kidnaps my kids, they don't the, the, the police doesn't go, oh well, you're a private citizen; you just go find your kids or or any kind of kind of crime this type of thing. I just would have liked to have seen like uh, some sort of bomb dropped on somebody if we could maybe figure Wait, out who what these, this affected hundreds of millions of people's lives are you bombing all of a sudden i don't know let's figure it out let's whatever server farm that they've got where they're sitting there in their underwear eating doritos putting ransomware on people's I don't computers think bombing someone is the solution no i think that that would absolutely be the solution there needs to be this is this, this is chris cool wanting more government intervention by the way uh, <laughs> the number one purpose of government uh -huh. is to protect our private property 
and our our ability to travel and exist. This is a this is critical infrastructure. This is really important. This is the same type of thing they could do with power. Mm-hmm. They could do this with water. Mm-hmm. They can do this with uh, obviously with gasoline. They can do it with traffic systems. All this stuff is at risk of being held hostage. There needs to be extreme consequences for this because you could have. How long do you think it would take for an entire society to collapse? Let's say they say Chicago. Guess what? We're gonna hack into your uh, your power grid, right? And say and there's no power for out. a week. A week with no power in Chicago. Oh, it'd be bad. It would be apocalyptic. There would be riots and violence and looting like you had never seen. Yeah, there I, needs so to you're, be. You're talking more just the precedent. There shouldn't be the yes. precedent that no, they no precedent, pay and there the needs ransom. to be extreme. Con- this is that an being act- said, from a business perspective, I understand why I, they did I it. I get what you're saying, but there needs to be extreme consequences for this. This is an act of war on a country when you're attacking their infrastructure like this. What is the difference between bombing the pipeline and hacking the pipeline so that it does not work unless you give them money? Mm. There's not that much Violence? of a difference. It's both are violence. Okay. Both are considered in my mind violence because you're enacting that pain on those people just by different methods. Yeah. I mean, if, if I if, wouldn't go as far as you, but I understand your point. It needs to be, there needs to be heavy consequences for it. And of course they paid them with cryptocurrency, which is untraceable, <laughs> which has not been great for the cryptocurrency market has been oh, taking really? a little bit of a hit from, from that amongst a few other things. Well, with all this gas shortage, of course, people are being idiots. Namely, they are filling up gas in any sort of container they want, including plastic bags. Of course, our uh, is he our Department of Transportation? Oh, our uh, our resident uh, our pothole, pothole filler from Pete Indiana Buttigieg. Mayor Mayor Pete Buttigieg. Yeah, he had a little uh, sound clip to say. Uh, I will say that this is a time to be sensible and to be safe. Of course, we understand the concern. Uh, in areas where people are encountering temporary supply disruptions. Um, but uh, hoarding does not make things better. And uh, under no circumstances should gasoline ever be put into anything but uh, a vehicle directly or an approved <laughs> container. And that, of course, uh, remains true no matter what uh, else is going on. So hey, you, redneck, stop putting the gas in the garbage bag. <laughs> have you seen <laughs> some of these videos? Though? Unbelievable. I have a story. Okay. Okay. So oh, here I no. am. I'm probably 20, I'm probably 28. Okay. Should have known better. And I'm driving. Yeah, that's not young. No, I, that's why I said should have known better. I'm 28 years old. I'm driving Jesse's car. And okay. I'm, it runs out of gas. Uh-huh. I'm five blocks from a gas station. Okay. I go to the gas station to buy a gas container. Uh-huh. Fill it up with gas and go uh-huh. back and, you know, yep. put gas in the car. They wanted $35 oh, for the gas can. Every gas station gas can is like a 500% markup. I don't blame them. Right? It's, right, it's, it's whatever. That's yeah. fine. And I'm trying to think, fuck that. That's yep. too expensive. I'm not doing that. <laughs> over to the Slurpee machine yeah. he goes. And I went over. I grabbed a cup, <laughs> a, like a big gulp cup. Uh-huh. Filled, there's a picture of me filling it up with gasoline. Oh, my goodness. I have the photo. I'll try and find it. I'll post it up. On, How far did you make it before it started leaking? Uh, it did start leaking eventually, but I made it to the car. Uh-huh. And what I did is I took the top off the carburetors and filled up the bowls oh, smart. of the carburetors. Okay, that's smart, actually. the rest of the gas down the drain. Which, because it was way too much gas, right? I just oh, had the whole big gulp full I of gasoline. Put it in the gas tank, but no, like, I didn't want to spill it all to, over the paint. Yeah, yeah, it's like a how do you get it in there? I didn't have a funnel or anything. Yeah, although a paper funnel would probably have been a good solution for that. But that worked. Filled up the bowls, 
drove it to the four blocks of the gas station and put gas in it and filled it up. Good to go. I did not, however, use a clear plastic bag from Walmart to put my gas in. And yeah, I mean, you guys have all seen the videos, I'm sure. Or Tupperware containers, all this stuff. It's the stupidest thing ever. So dumb, so dumb, so dumb. I just don't do that. One thing that I think people will never stop doing, Mm -hmm. and people need to say, oh, stop hoarding, blah, blah, blah. You know how you just fix hoarding? Hmm. Is there's always some sort, whenever there's a disaster or something like this, there's always people hoarding stuff. They go out and they buy it all. Yeah. And the reason they buy it all is because there's price controls to keep from things, people from price gouging everything. Okay. So because there's price controls that won't let the price go up, even though yeah. the demand has gone absolutely I crazy, let the price go up. What? Because okay. then it will be available to that, the people that really need it. So you're telling me when we had our TP shortage, there was price controls on toilet paper? You can't. Yeah, you can't. If people are making a run on something, you there's price gouging law. You cannot just really. You cannot just jack up the price of toilet paper to keep to to make more money on it because the demand has gone crazy. Really? Instead, they just keep the price the same, and then everybody has to wipe their ass with their shoes. <laughs> it's, it's you know that's that's what we do instead. I did not do that. <laughs> I'm just saying. I if did we not just, do that. There needs to be like some sort of balance I did use some very cheap there. toilet paper I wouldn't have used otherwise. Imagine if they would have, because I think uh, I think somewhere around the, the, there was thousands of gas stations. I don't remember the number, but there was thousands of gas stations that didn't have any gas. Yeah. Thousands. What would it have been like? Because everybody, there's pictures of like these idiots with like 500 gas cans just like loading up the back of their SUV with oh, gas. Oh, I saw it with uh, guys in the back of their pickup with 55-gallon drums. Okay, so... Would that have been this case if all of a sudden gas was $8 a gallon, $9 a gallon? Right. Because there's so much demand? No. Nobody was filling up 50-gallon drums of gasoline to the tune of $450. No, they just would have you know, maybe not done that because it's too expensive. <laughs> and then maybe the people that really needed to have gas to get somewhere to do something would, have would, some. would say, okay— I really need this, yeah. so I'm going to do it, versus, oh, I just run out of gas. I'm going to put this 50-gallon I don't understand what these guys are going to do with their 500 gallons worth of gas that they I know exactly then. what they were doing. Going to sell it. They were going to price gouge it. They yeah. were going to take it back if the price line didn't go, and they were going to, hey, they were going to go on Craigslist and go, I got gas, 10 bucks a gallon. Yeah. That's what they were going to do. Hard to blame them, to be honest. I Well... I would rather have it just have the market regulate Agreed. this stuff a little Agreed. bit. Agreed. I didn't realize that was the case. All right. So BMW has revealed a new M sound. Now, we've been waiting for this. <laughs> this is, uh, I would like to play for you. This is the kind of the reveal clip of this, and it's super. Okay, so wh- what is an M sound? BMW M, BMW Motorsports. Right. This is, they have, well, they have to have a sound, right? Everything so has to have a sound. you're talking on their electric vehicles. Yes. Okay, yes. you didn't stipulate that. Well, we know who Hans Zimmer is. Hans Zimmer working you with BMW. You haven't also mentioned Hans Zimmer yet. Hans Zimmer helped design the stuff for BMW. I just, right. here we go. I'm going to play you the, okay. the clip. This is from BMW. Okay. Sorry, blowing out my headphones. M is a type Wait, there's of explosions? car which goes in the blood of people. There's a new world that's being created. We unleash some beast. But... So, first Wait, of all. that's all we get? <laughs> no, there's more. Was that German Vin Diesel? <laughs> uh, we have, BMW is in your blood. Just, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's just what we have. It, we're, we're inside of you. Yes. Oh, sorry. I just started over. My bad, guys. M is a type of car which goes in the blood of people. <laughs> <laughs> There's a new world that's being created. 
we unleash some beast, but at the same time, it's got I like this song. I like the song. <laughs> when you are pressing the pedal of a M car, you suddenly have goosebumps. I can't hear because there's too many damn explosions in the background. Oh, our car sounds electric and like a nuclear bomb. <laughs> you just that produces a thrilling effect for you. It's something that shut down your head. <laughs> it's a pure emotional thing. I can honestly say <laughs> I drove for, for the weekend down in Los Angeles. We drove M240i. Okay. I didn't feel like anything was in my blood. <laughs> and I didn't get any excitement when I pushed the gas pedal. It felt felt pretty fast, but I didn't feel anything else. Maybe I was just missing the sound. Yeah, sure. yeah. How can we give something which is more of an experience than they ever had with their petrol engine and make it even more exciting and make it even more joyful to drive? You can't. <laughs> Sorry, guys. It's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It just isn't. There's I'm more can, explosions in the background. If, yeah, when, it, like, when you floor it, it just makes the sound of a bomb going off. <laughs> Every single time. Did it. So the first thing that we did it was to try to translate in sound what is the feeling of an explosion related to sound. So um, very soon we began to convert to some sort of sound texture, which uh, could at the same time express force, grandness, Farts? a fusion between strength, force. but also a flowing energy. So, so I keep thinking, you know, we can, we can go further with these sounds because the sportiness, the whole philosophy behind the M cars and I think behind the drivers that drive it is that they're a little bit more ready for a bit of an experiment, for a little bit something new and something unusual. So that's, that's it. You just heard it. It's right there. I kind of, so in terms of electric cars, I think, I think it sounds pretty cool. It I, does. I think it sounds pretty I cool. I just hate, and we talk about this on our interview on Monday, that I just hate how it's all artificial. Like, my point it, was, I, if, I, if there was a noise, if there was inherently just a noise that an electric motor made, that would be awesome. I just yeah, want that. I like, I like the idea that there could be diversity in the future with the noise, is that people can play with this stuff. I think that's yes. interesting. And it's not. It is true. It's it's a true thing. Okay, so this what? is. We talk about this a little bit with our guest on Monday, Ollie, who is a the lead test driver at Top Gear. Right. We talk about this. At awesome length. interview. Awesome interview. We talk about this at length. When you have a combustion engine, mm -hmm. and you're having sound piped into the car, the right. Volkswagen GTI, they were one of the first ones to do this. BMW and does they did, it, and they didn't tell anybody they were doing it. And I remember when the enthusiast community That's reacted right. to when someone. Found the sound, speaker, the little speaker, the sound actor, they, or whatever they it was. Found it, and they were like, "Oh my god, we're being lied to." Exactly, and it was like, "This is dishonest. This is it, that is true. That is a lie. New cars right. generally are a lie." Okay, okay so that's. I want to make a shirt. New cars are a lie. We got to figure that. Out. <laughs> Maybe that'll be our drivers' club shirt. Drivers' club. New cars are a lie. Um, <laughs> these cars. This is not a lie. 
This I is not something. It's not. It's hidden. on its face. Look, this it, is this the is noise we're we doing. are making. We designed it to be this way. Um, so BMW has come up with a uh, this solution for the i4 and the iX and uh, some of the M cars. And composer Hans Zimmer and gave him a call. No, this doesn't mean that the car will sound like a church organ exploding every time you put your foot down. <laughs> which is uh, this sounds pretty good too. Maybe yeah. can that. The 63 year old German, best known for his bombastic soundtracks to Christopher Nolan films, yeah. which I love, Interstellar, which is one of my favorite movies yep. and the dark knight trilogy which is not one of my favorite trilogies really but it's, it's good i think it's very um, good you're I, also missing my favorite movie what inception inception is very good you know what bugs me this really bugs me what is that christopher nolan refuses to release his films in dolby atmos okay and what does he release them in just 5.1 okay and there are these epics and they just he just oh, i don't think it'll really add anything to the you come on i, I don't know what very disappointing. Some okay. people that listen that like sound and stuff will understand what I'm saying. Uh, they work together with BMW creative sound director Renzo Vital on Iconic Sounds Electric. That's in quotes. For the electrically driven BMW M models, we have developed a driving sound which accentuates their emotional driving experience particularly vividly and ensures their performance can be felt with great intensity. Greater intensity. Driving around normally in comfort mode, I4 and IX drivers will be treated to an immersive and pleasant atmosphere. Switch to sport, and the noise becomes dominant and powerful. <laughs> <laughs> we know we know the Germans like dominant and powerful, don't we? Um, while providing a constant commentary on the driving situation. I don't know what that means. I think they I just mean know. it'll like go up and up down and okay. with In speed. In Eco Pro, you won't hear anything at all. People outside the car will, but inside, sure, you will hear. You will hear nothing. Gotcha. Um, I find this strange because BMW used to stand for, first it was motorsport. Yep. And then it was marketing. Then yep. it was more. And now it's back to, <laughs> mm, It's just the noise. It's just the noise it makes. <laughs> it's the M from BMW marketing. And uh, it, it's, you're getting more Zimmer. It's okay. It's kind of boring, but it's kind yeah. of exciting at the same time. I'll give it that. And just in case you're curious, the Audi e-tron yeah. also obviously makes noises for you as well. They made, they made the, the e-tron sound with a pipe fan, a remote control helicopter, an electric screwdriver, and like 40 other things. Okay. 40 <laughs> other things. And to me, it sounds like uh, like if you're in a horror film in a tunnel and something's about to happen and someone's about to get smushed by something, Ooh. that's what it sounds like. Or like uh, if you had a- Do you have a clip of this? Yeah, I do. Okay. And, or like a Dyson vacuum. Yeah. Like if you recorded it and then slowed it down to like 10% of its normal speed <laughs> and added a subwoofer, that's, that's what it sounds okay, like. Okay, let's see. Right. All right. If you're in the car just idling, this is what it sounds like. It does sound like a horror movie. Yeah. Anything else? Oh, yeah. It, it changes. Are you excited? <laughs> <laughs> Audi e-tron GT, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. I guess I could have shortened that clip up a little bit. Where's the where's the back burble, the overrun on diesel? It's not gonna happen. Yeah. I mean that's kinda cool. I mean it just sounds like you like you say, it sounds like the future. It does sound like the future. Here's the thing. I think BMW sounds it's got like that little crackle to it. Yeah. I kind of like it. I, I like that. I would agree. And, and I a, hate that we're talking about I know, this. I know, I know. So the chip shortage is getting 
heavy. It's really weighing on everybody. It's getting um, bad. Not just cars, like a gra- like a like a graphics card. Okay, for a computer. Oh yeah, you were retail two thousand dollars. Actually, being sold for three thousand three hundred dollars on like eBay and stuff like that. Wow, so just wildly out of control. And I saw this news article that was like, "Oh, check out what Ford is doing." And it's a picture of uh, what, what it's like Motors Detroit Speedway or something like no, that. No, it's down in Kentucky. Oh, it's in Kentucky Speedway. Yeah. Let's just play the clip. Here. Okay, hold on. Here at the Kentucky Speedway, stands have been empty for months, but this parking lot tells a different story filled with what must be thousands of Ford Super Duty trucks. Uh, we noticed them putting the, the trucks in there just about three to four weeks ago uh, and just wondered why. And then as of last week, it, it's overwhelming. You just can't believe there's that many trucks. And this is only one place that they're sitting. These vehicles were made at Ford's Kentucky truck plant, and they are ready to be sold, except for one thing a semiconductor. That's a little computer chip of which there is a global shortage. It's changed schedules and even shut down the plant in Louisville at times. But this lot shows they're still making these vehicles as they wait for parts. The automaker gave me this statement saying Ford will build and hold these vehicles for a number of weeks, then ship the vehicles to dealers once the modules are available. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, so. What he goes down to say is there are literally thousands of these trucks you see parked this, behind You see the, speed, the, the, the racetrack, and it's, the, it's obviously all these racetracks have huge parking lots because these right. stadiums hold like 50,000 people. Right. So, but they're full. They're full. Full, they're and they're full. parking like along all the, all the streets, all, around exactly. the building. I mean, it is it's like bad. holy, holy Crap. Now, here's the thing <clears throat> is the uh, the CPI data, which is the consumer price index, just came out the other day. Okay. And this measures year to date or month over month inflation. Oh. Right. And we all have been, if you're paying attention to the news at all, we know inflation has gone up, right? Inflation. No. Has, no. What? It hasn't, Chris. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's only transitory. It'll, it'll be gone. Just used cars and trucks. Yeah. Because of stuff like this. So think about it this way. When COVID happened, right. everybody drew back, right? Production. Yep. Everybody drew back production. You even over COVID, like over the summer, new car prices were high. Right. Just right. remember that golf R I tried to buy? And it was eighteen. That's right. It was worth like blue book on it was like seventeen. They were asking twenty three, twenty four. Yeah. And I was trying to buy it and the bank was like, no. Right. Because of price just huge price increase on all used cars. The inflation on used cars, trucks, ten percent. Wow. Ten percent. Wild. That is. It's, it's just, if you go to trade something in this year versus last year, you're getting more money for it. It's almost kind of like housing in a way where the inflation on that has gone crazy as well. Right. So I don't think you're going to see this with the cost of tr- cars, trucks, any of this is not going to alleviate for quite some time. This is causing huge. Ford said their profits are like going to be cut in half or something like it's that. It's going to be terrible for them. Ugly. Yeah. So Chris, remember we talked uh, last week about that Tesla that crashed yeah, and the kill- man was found basically burned in the back seat. Yeah, both of the guys, tragically. Well, a close friend says he believes the driver of the vehicle climbed into the back seat while trying to save his own life. Ooh. The victim, Dr. William Varner... How come he couldn't get out of the car? We'll get there. Okay. Dr. William Varner was found by first responders to be in the back seat of the vehicle. This is why cars that have rubber gaskets are great. Me, I could get in the back seat of my car and push my rear window right out. Right. All these ones that are glued in, it's all like structural in the frame. You're not getting out. You're not like pushing that window out. I think my 911 would be better. If it was on fire, I could get out of it easier than a Tesla. Let's hope it doesn't catch on fire. No, not good. Is there 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Knock on Formica. All right. Uh, the other occupant was also found in the passenger seat dead. Varner's best friend, Bob Wortham, said, quote, I've been going weeks without being able to sleep because I can't get out of my mind. It's just horrible. They were only a few blocks away. Yeah. So Wortham said he believed that Varner could not get out of the car and was burned alive. Quote, there was a neighbor that saw and came over to see what was going on, and he said the damage to the front of the car was minor. This car was burned so bad, however, that they couldn't identify either of the people by their dental records. That's how badly they were burnt. Recall we noted two days ago that the NITSB issued their preliminary report on the wreck and noted that, quote, all aspects were still under investigation. The The report noted that footage from the vehicle's owner's home showed the other owner entering the car's seat and the passenger driver's entering... Seat. Oh, driver's yeah, seat. Oh, it was the driver's seat and the other passenger, of course, entering the passenger seat. It has so, been called into question whether or not there was anyone in the driver's seat at the time of the crash, so it appears to be too early to judge whether this means anything. So, well, obviously, I mean... Well, here's the important part. It was shortly thereafter that the car leaves and travels about 500 feet before departing the road on a curve, driving over a curb, and hitting a drain culvert, a raised manhole tree cover, and a tree. The ensuing fire destroyed the car's onboard data storage device. So despite the fact that Elon Musk said, basically, we've recovered all the data logs. What data logs? There are none. Yeah. It did show autopilot was not enabled in the car last month, and the NTSB is now reporting that they didn't have access to that stored data inside the vehicle anyways. Then the report highlighted one of the main points of contention around the investigation, whether or not autopilot was actually engaged. The NTSB writes that similar vehicles could have engaged traffic-aware cruise control, but not auto-steer at the point where the crash took place. Quote, the vehicle was equipped with autopilot, Tesla Advanced Driver Assistance System. Using autopilot required both the traffic-aware cruise control and the auto-steer systems to be engaged. NTSB, test of an ex- exemplar car at the crash location, an, ex- an example car yeah. of the crash location, showed that traffic-aware cruise control could be engaged, but that auto-steer was not available on that part of the road, and it was unclear whether or not Tesla can toggle the availability of these features on. So, here's my theory, Chris. Okay. The guys get in the car, drive off. Do we know how old these kids are? I don't think they're kids. Okay, are they like 25? The one's a doctor. Oh, Jesus. Okay, so yes. I'm just thinking, are we talking about idiots or not no, idiots? not idiots. Okay. So here's my theory. The guys get in the car and drive off, and the driver thinks he has engaged autopilot, but it was only this cruise control system. So that would explain why the car veered off the road. It then gets in what was called a minor impact and That's starts on fire. That's the key now. Right. For me is, why did this thing start on fire with a minor impact? The neighbor said it was a minor impact. Couldn't get out of the car in a minor impact? Right. Holy crap. So then if the driver's door wouldn't open, it makes sense that he would scramble into the back seat to try to escape. And I really doubt he moved to the back seat to, quote, show off autopilot as we'd previously considered, you know, as it sounds like they hadn't even driven that far from home. Yeah, 550 Who knows? Either way, it's super sad and terrible. The biggest issue to me, like you said, is why the car caught fire and why these guys weren't able to get out. So this is, if you think about all of the progression of, to be fair, all of the progression of all the cars that used to catch on fire with gasoline. Yeah. I mean, we talked about one the other day on our car scandal, biggest car scandals of all time. Right. Catching on fire and exploding. This this stuff happened, and after that, we have uh, gas cans that or gas tanks that crush. They don't crack. I mean, there's all kinds of things that have been done to mitigate. So you're saying now we're starting over. 
Yeah, it seems like it, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. I mean, we got basically 20 gallons of gas, which is fairly flammable, right? It turns out. It turns out. And it runs through the car and these lines and goes up to the engine and sprays into the engine. I mean, we have all these complicated systems now to prevent this type of stuff from happening. Right. What now, is what is going to prevent this from happening again? If we're getting in minor accidents in our Tesla, and I have to... Obviously, this is like rare, right? This is some sort of anomaly. It, it is, yes. Am I getting a Tesla? And my am I going to imagine my wife and children burning alive in a car that they can't get out of? Right. Jesus, can we at least make the doors open? Okay. What happened? Why? Right. Just That's not the big enough. Question. E- not enough information. Honestly. Yeah. Good news, Chris. Harley Davidson officially announced Monday that it would offer an entire lineup of LiveWire branded electric motorcycles building on the existing model that the company launched two years ago. That was already two years ago they launched the LiveWire. It seems like yesterday. (laughs) You're so enthusiastic. (laughs) Quote, by launching LiveWire as an all-electric brand, we are seizing the opportunity to lead and define the market in EV. So here's the thing. These things should be cheap. It's an electric bike. They are not. That's the thing. They are thirty grand. That is insanity. Yes, it is. It is absolute Which insanity. Which is why. And, and honestly, offensive. Are you offended? I'm offended by how much this thing costs. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, I do think then that if they're going to launch an entire line of these electric vehicles under Livewire, yeah. that obviously they need to do an entry model that is much, much, much cheaper. If only they had another brand that's recognizable that they could use. <laughs> if we only. talked about this before with Buell, of course, you're alluding to, which is I do like the idea that they are going to branch off and make this another brand. So I do like that. Right, because it really just totally clashes with the brand. Yes, it does. Especially when I heard them, they're going to bring in Bill Nye. The science guy, <laughs> and he's going to talk about he's going to talk about why this live wire is so great. He's not going to talk about what uh-huh. really matters: the Harleys, the Hogs, everything else. Yeah. That stuff that makes Jack go, Jay go, yeah. yeah. Nope, we're going to talk about this live wire. It'll be, it'll be great. He'll use use a hose on it, and wash it off, and make balloons. It'll be great. <laughs> Quote: By launching live wire as an all electric brand, we're seizing the opportunity to lead and define the market in EV with the mission to be the most desirable electric motorcycle brand in the world. Live wire will pioneer near the future of motorcycling for the pursuit of urban adventure and beyond. Beyond? Well, I watched a long way up already. I don't think there's going to be that much beyond from what I can tell so far. (laughs) The Livewire brand will get dedicated showrooms, Harley Davidson said in the announcement, starting in California and expanding into other electric-friendly markets. The first new bike under the new Livewire umbrella will be announced on July 8th this year and premiere at the International Motorcycle Show the next day. Why are these things so expensive? Because it's like uh, the first to market, or I think it's the first to market, but it isn't anymore. It came out like two years ago. I know. Well, Well, that's why I think. How much is a heart like a like a what is it? Some Harley thing. (laughs) I don't know. What's a my Sportster was like ten grand. (laughs) This is that's crazy. The Sportster is like the entry level smallest Harley. Okay, so, so you can, yeah, can you spend ones, can you spend oh, thirty easily, grand on a Harley? Oh, easily, okay. yes, yes. All so right, this so, is like just their top of the line. So thing. why don't they have a a Livewire Sportster? Yes, that's what I have a feeling they're going to reveal. You think in so? July? Where yes, it, I do. Where it's like fifteen grand or something like that, or less. Yes. Would you get one? I kind of like the idea of an electric motorcycle. I, do, I, it, I don't like the idea of an electric car. I mean, I do for its purpose. Yes. They don't excite me, but an electric I, motorcycle I, I has like the all the excitement of, of riding. Just don't take anything away from me. Stop yeah. taking my stuff I like. Yes. I 
you can give me more stuff. You can, you can give me more stuff to choose from, right? Uh-huh. More stuff. No, I actually like the Stop idea of an electric things. motorcycle. I like the away. idea a lot. Quite, well, it's not going to make a potato potato sound. That's okay. I have my hardtail for that. That's true. You do. All right. So there's an old school truck driver who is still trucking. This okay. Is a, this is a fun story. Excuse me. Dave Sheets of Denver has worked 25 years for Salt Lake City area trucking company, Savannah Transport, where his boss, company owner, Wait, Terry Crawford, Savannah Transport. <laughs> okay, good. Calls, his, <laughs> him, calls him a terrific old school truck driver who can, quote, outdo most of his younger drivers. Sheets delivers general cargo and even hazardous materials in West and Midwest states. He doesn't go to the coasts, but, quote, I run a pretty good-sized territory, and I'm busy all the time. On Wednesday, Sheets and his Peterbilt were in North Dakota, where they got checked out as part of the Commercial Vehicle Safety Alliance's annual international road check three-day inspection blitz, which was conducted nationwide this week. The North Dakota Highway Patrol troopers who conducted the check had this to say. Is uh, from their Twitter. Okay. NDHP uh, troopers encounter professional drivers who are committed to safety. We commend Mr. Sheets, who is 89 years old <laughs> and keeps his 2000 Peterbilt in top condition. His dedication wow. to safety earned him in a CVSA decal after an inspection yesterday during international road check. Wow. This guy's 89. He's 89. And still trucking. Dur- literally. During this year's annual 72-hour blitz, which focused on hours of service and lighting violations, basically saying, hey, are you sleeping, bro? Are you, uh, are you sleeping or are you driving? You know, because you can only drive a certain amount of hours in a certain period of time. Well, I, I think they're just making sure they're not driving after their hours of operation. Correct. Yeah, that's yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah. So, yeah, they keep a little digital. Well, I think the logbooks are probably digital now. Uh, yeah, rather than Sheets was lauded by Highway Patrol for his meticulously maintained tractor trailer. Sheets, an owner-operator who hauls for West Jordan, Utah, Utah, blah, blah, which we already talked about, and DHP reported the truck was in, quote, top condition. All right. Sheets started as a driver in the industry in the 50s, but upon marrying his wife, who who passed away in 2016, sadly, which now he's out driving his truck around all the time because his wife wife passed away, he began a new career as a Volkswagen mechanic as he didn't think trucking was the way to try and raise a family. Hmm. Since, quote, it didn't pay that good at the time. However... In 1974, he found his way back to the trucking industry and has since hauled everything imaginable. And I, there's the, people always say, that guy's done everything under the sun, everything imaginable. And I'm like, eh, I can imagine some imagine- pretty weird things. <laughs> we got <laughs> to work, work on the imagination thing a little exactly. bit if nobody can imagine anything that this guy wouldn't haul. <laughs> but interestingly, he has never... It would be great, though, if you're like, okay, but have you hauled this? And he's like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> but interestingly, he's never driven to Florida. Good for him. He doesn't want to become a Florida man. He doesn't know exactly how many miles he's logged in his career, but says it's easily millions. I bet. Millions. When asked the advice he would give to younger drivers, Sheets told everyone, quote, listen to somebody older that knows what they're doing. Get plenty of experience. Be careful and be respectful. Some of these new guys seem to lack that kind of stuff. Yep. And I would think we could apply that very it isn't Broadly. even it isn't even a poetic quote. No. It's just true. Bare bones grit advice on how to not suck. That's so, <laughs> basically what uh, that is. My wife is DOT certified, so she because all these truckers <laughs> Okay. Why? All these truckers need to have medical exams in order to become certified to become a trucker. Yeah. He said this guy says, "Hey, as long as I'm passing the exams, I'll still do it." Right. Yeah. And so Nikki does this now for truckers for the state. She certifies them medically. 
And there are some stories of guys that come in that are just fascinating. I like, bet there are. I would. So I know part, we have of, some... part of the test is a drug test. I see. A lot of times they fail that. I bet and they do. And then she said, uh, why did you come to take a drug test when you've been smoking pot? Well, I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know I was smoking pot or I didn't know I wasn't allowed I didn't, to. I didn't know I wasn't allowed to. Or I didn't know that was part of the test. Or I just didn't know. I didn't. She's like, there's I would love so to many hear idiots. if anybody knows. I know we've got some truck drivers that listen. Yeah. I would love to hear some stories of being out on the road. If there's some old truckers that would love to chat, let's do it. I would love, love to hear. We should do yeah. a truck driver episode. We should. That'd we should. be awesome. And if anybody knows. And you know what it is? Oh, combine that with CB etiquette and Does codes. anybody out there. We've got thousands of you now. Does anybody out there know Sir Mix-a-Lot? What? He's what? A, what? <laughs> he's a huge CB radio aficionado. Really? Huge. Yeah. I would love to talk to him. I've mentioned him on social media. He's, you're not getting through to Sir Mix-a-Lot, right? You know, he never got, uh, he never got back to me. On my, uh, <laughs> so if anybody knows that, that would be great. Guys, thanks a lot. Thanks to the Drivers Club for supporting the show. I really appreciate it. You guys take care. We'll see you on Monday with Ollie. Yes. Ollie is the the lead test driver for Top Gear. Ollie Awesome Mary. interview. Awesome interview. We look forward to sharing that with you. We will see you guys on Monday. Take care.